It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you all are doing well on the Saturday up and down the Wasatch Front or wherever you might be tuning in from via the KSL Sports app. You can stream us literally anywhere. It's one of those fun things uh, that modern technology is giving you the opportunity to do is you can check out this show wherever you might be, even overseas. If you've got an internet connection and you have a smartphone, you can tune in. So thank you for your support as always. All right, time for five minutes of on today's show. we got a number of topics to talk about. I want to start off with one up at Utah State. Obviously, we just talked with Michelle Bodkin about uh, Lynn Roberts. And when you have success as a college basketball coach, other programs are going to start sniffing around. Obviously, that's just it's kind of the nature of the beast. Higher profile programs with bigger budgets want good coaches. They are willing to pay for that. But as David James points out, and there's been rumors of this, DJ tweets this out. It's good to be wanted. South Florida has had serious conversations with USU men's basketball coach Ryan Odom. The Aggies, speaking of Utah State, have a new and improved contract in front of him. Now we wait. It seems like things should move quickly, but there are no guarantees. He also adds this. Odom is hot right now. Good year at USU, but he might be able to get an even better job in a year. Utah State should attract interest if slash when Odom leaves. Three recent coaches have won. One stayed, one left for a Power 5 job. And that's kind of the question. Question now, does Ryan Odom want to wait for a potential opportunity? I would call it actually the Power Six in college basketball because the Big East is one of the true power conferences in the college hoops realm. But there is an argument to be made that Ryan Odom has been an East Coast guy. He has been a guy who has spent the majority of his coaching career on the East Coast. Of course, his father was famous for having his run at Wake Forest, including having Tim Duncan play for him. He grew up on the East Coast. He's associated with coaches back there. He came from UMBC, which was the first 16 seed to upset Virginia, as we all recall. Uh, was it five years ago now? They pulled that legendary upset in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. This is a guy who has got his roots in the eastern side of the United States. He came west, has had a good run, no doubt about that. He's had a good run with Utah State. Could it be time for him, as he feels, to go back to USF and go to the American Athletic Conference in what I think many would perceive to be a lateral move because the Mountain West is on par, in my mind, with what the AAC has to offer. But there is arguments to me that people are more comfortable in different regions of the country, and that's what they want to do. Now, let's also acknowledge 
The athletic director that hired him is no longer at the helm of Utah State Athletics. They are still operating with an interim AD. It's former uh, Weber State Athletic Director Jerry Bovey. Uh, this is my personal opinion. I think that Jerry Bovey should be the guy that takes the permanent uh, slot there as the athletic director for the Aggies, but that's still to be determined. Uh, if it comes down to it and Ryan, Ryan Odom does decide that USF is where he wants to be, it'll come upon Jerry Bovey to go out there and find a new head coach. They also will have a new university president as well, whoever, whether it's Ryan Odom or a new coach to answer to. Because as I understand it, Noel Cockett, uh, the university president at Utah State, is set to step down from her position this summer as well. So there's a lot of change happening up there in Logan. And it's not a bad thing, per se. Because like I mentioned, when you have a coach the caliber of Ryan Odom, you're going to win. And when you win, programs, like I said, with deeper pockets, bigger budgets, are going to want you. The thing about this also is, is I understand it. Ryan Odom is making, it's, I think, $800,000. You could look that up. It's public record because he works for a, a land-grant institution. It's, you can go find the numbers. He's making good money as a coach at Utah State coaching basketball. How much more is USF willing to pay him? And how much more is Utah State willing to sweeten the pot to keep him to stay? That's going to be the interesting debate here. And I, I, I am interested to see where it, it pans out. But as DJ says, he says, it seems like things should move quickly, but there are no guarantees on this. I, You do everything you can if you're Utah State to keep Ryan Odom in the fold. I honestly think that this would be, perception-wise, a lateral move. But at the same time, if you're more comfortable on the East Coast, I can understand that. Why you would want to consider potentially going back to, I guess, your quote-unquote roots. I know that USF is different than Baltimore County, Maryland, but it's still the East Coast. It's a, it's maybe a place that you feel more comfortable, and we'll see what happens. I'm with DJ. We should see a fairly quick resolution on this, whether it is that Ryan Odom is going to be the new head coach of the USF Bulls, or if he's going to make the jump, or not, excuse me, not he'll make the jump to USF, or if he's going to stay put in Logan and make another run at it next year and as DJ points out maybe get an opportunity to power six job if you can run it back for another season that you gotta weigh that and that's the tough part as a, as a coach is you want to stri- strike while the iron is hot to get job or a, to get jobs or a job that you've always wanted to get but if you wait too long at the same time you run the risk of having things fall off and all of a sudden what was you want were once that hot commodity and then suddenly you're no longer you're kind of old hat in a way and you gotta you're looking to make good on where you're at stay in the good graces of the athletic administration where you're currently at and kind of re reboost that image but it's a very interesting time for utah state athletics we'll see what happens there they also uh speaking of utah state let's acknowledge this for a moment here uh utah state had a football player collapse uh during practice yes uh, not, excuse me, not yesterday Two days ago, uh, my apologies for misspeaking on that. A very scary situation. Sarah, did you did you see this? By the way, see the video of this. Like this is one of those things that just absolutely is terrifying. As a coach, as a parent, anybody, you never want to see this. We saw this in the NFL with Monday Night Football, and it's just you're like, oh boy, you, you never want to see that. Yeah, I was I was like, oh no, is this another Demar Hamlin situation? Yep. What's going on? 
because it was it was very scary. Yeah. So uh, so Josh Davis is the player. We found out uh, yesterday he was taken to Logan Region Hospital. Uh, he was uh, taken care of on the on the field there at Maverick Stadium, then transferred to Logan Region Hospital, and then was transferred to McKay D Hospital in Ogden. Uh, Scott Gerard, our our boss here at the KSL Sports Zone, uh, got an update from Blake Anderson, the head coach of the Aggies, saying, "Quote: Awake, alert, and breathing on his own. The training staff absolutely saved his life. No hesitation at all." A miracle, and our best wishes go out to Josh Davis. Uh, the report, the statement from Utah State said that they uh, used uh, what they called therapeutic hypothermia to keep his neurological uh, function intact. This is a terrifying deal, and it was a non-traumatic cardiac episode. Does it knock over my water bottle? I'll live on air. Uh, you, you, those are the things that you never can plan for stuff like this, but it's also it's just like what. What happened? And that, that, that's the scary part, but our best wishes go out to him. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, super scary. And I, th- I it's weird that we're seeing this more and more. Is that just because of media now is like has more access than they used to? It but could. man, it's just what's going on? It, 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 it is a different era because everybody has a smartphone now and everybody has access to Twitter and social media. So you can get stuff out there in literally seconds. It, it's out there. So let me get the quote here from Utah State, the official update. Quote, Davis, retro freshman wide receiver from Carlsbad, California, collapsed during practice on Thursday and was immediately treated by USU's athletic training staff led by Mike Williams, associate athletics director for sports medicine, followed by emergency medical personnel who transported him to Logan Regional Hospital. Davis received initial uh, critical treatment and was stabilized at Logan Regional Hospital before being transported to McKay D Hospital, which McKay D Hospital is in Ogden, for those of you who don't know, uh, where their critical care team continued treatment with therapeutic hypothermia to lower the body temperature to preserve his neurological function. Now, this is the, now we're getting to the positive part of this. Davis parent, Davis's parents, Matt and Chrissy, arrived in Utah Thursday evening, were met by University of, uh, not University of Utah, Utah State. Uh, uh, personnel, interim athletics director Jerry Bovey, head coach Blake Anderson, uh, team physician Dr. David G. Little, and athletic trainer Kendra Gilmore. But they said that uh, he has been upgraded to fair condition from what was an ICU stay for him. So, like I said, uh, scary, scary scenes for Utah State on the football side of things, but very positive to hear that Davis is uh, in fair condition versus still being in intensive care. So, Props to the athletic training staff. That that's a situation that they train for probably often. They never I'm honestly probably they never want to actually have to the, to roll it out and have to do it, but to their credit, they were ready in the moment. So props uh to Utah State on handling that. So interesting times up there in Logan. Now, let's also talk a little about RSL. Uh tonight Real Salt Lake comes off of a bye week last week. They're gonna be hosting St. Louis City SC. Now St. Louis City is a new team in Major League Soccer, but they're not playing like an expansion team. They are 4-0 to start their uh, campaign in their first uh, season in Major League Soccer. And as DJ mentioned yesterday, they are scoring goals in bunches. 
this is going to be an interesting matchup for them as they come up to elevation in what should be a fairly chilly weather. I'm actually going to pull this up right now and get the weather report uh, for you guys. They're coming to uh, to Sandy. It's going to be an interesting deal. And I'm going to be out there uh, covering this. The high today is supposed to be a high of 37 degrees. There's been snow in the forecast. Uh, I think it's actually passes by mostly, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 7 o'clock, there's a chance for some wintry mix, but I don't expect that necessarily to impact tonight's game. Mostly cloudy, uh, supposed to be sitting in the mid-30s. This is going to be a test for St. Louis SC just weather-wise. I am also interested to see how Utah State responds to uh, not Utah State, man, I'm getting all over the place. How Real Salt Lake responds after they open their season with a 2-1 win in uh, Vancouver, but have since suffered back-to-back losses to start the season. Now, we've talked about this. I am lucky enough to do the pre-half and post-game shows for Real Salt Lake on a weekly basis here on the KSL Sports Zone, your new broadcast home for Real Salt Lake broad, uh, games. We talked about this, that we don't think that the roster for Real Salt Lake is is fully Set. We still are expecting them to make a move potentially at forward. Uh, we heard Pablo Mastroeni uh, talk to the media during their last postgame press conference about the need to have a true destroyer, what they call a number six in soccer, a guy who can really uh, break up play from opposing teams and get the possession back for your team, get get your team the ball. They don't necessarily have ha- that. They haven't necessarily had that in the lineup so far this year, and on the roster, it doesn't look like they they have a ready made. Uh, number six in the wings, the quote-unquote Kyle Beckerman out there. That's the guy that was uh, RSL's backbone for so many years as that number six. And interesting matchup tonight because, like I said, it's a high-flying St. Louis team coming in here. Can the weather and the elevation slow them down a bit? And can uh, RSL respond after that bye week and back-to-back losses and have a more positive uh, performance? It'd be interesting to see if they can do that because it's been – it's been an interesting start to the season for Real Salt Lake. Really disjointed. It feels like at times uh, when your best defender on your roster, in some people's minds, Justin Glad, is your leading goal scorer for the season. Uh, it's a little, it's a little things a little bit uh, mixed up. And Sarah, I know that you have a soccer background. Defenders aren't supposed to be your leading scorer. No, no, that's <laughs> not normal. <laughs> But here's the thing. Justin Glad, he's been phenomenal. He's a great, great young man. He's actually not a young man anymore. He's he's like kind of one of the, the the older dudes on this roster. But, yeah, when he is your leading goal scorer on the season, means your forward pack and your midfielders need to get in on the action a little bit more. Yeah, good for him. But also, what is the rest of the team doing? Come on. Missing opportunities, apparently. And that's the, that's the other thing about this with Real Salt Lake right now. Is when they're playing, it almost feels like in a way that they um, their link up play. I guess is the easiest way to say it, like getting the ball from the back end to the front end, it's it's struggle. And the midfield has been the, that's the linchpin that's supposed to keep everything flowing, keep play moving, get that ball from the back line up to your forwards. It's really, really been lacking for Real Salt Lake, and we'll see what happens. I I look at what uh, St. Louis City is doing, and I'm absolutely amazed by it. They have come in, they put together a phenomenal roster, and for an expansion team to be 4-0 and on the season, like you don't see that very often in professional sports. But Major League Soccer, it's actually becoming more and more of a common thing uh, to see teams like this get that opportunity because they're allowed as ownership groups now to come in to Major League Soccer and spend big money. If you've got the pocketbook, you can come in and sign players. They have brought in a number of players. Klaus, uh, their star forward, is from Brazil. Uh, he is everything. It's the guy that RSL wants to have. 
as a forward. He's six three. He's built like a Mack truck. Can run like a gazelle and score scores goals like they're nothing. That's what RSL's looking for. The problem is they haven't been able to find that yet. We'll see if they're able to because there have been rumors out there that they've been looking high and low to find a true number nine uh, to come in. Uh, but we'll – I don't know. I, I, I want to think that they can respond in a positive fashion, speaking of RSL, but the first three games have me concerned that midfield is going to be a season-long issue unless they address it in the transfer portal. We'll find out. All right, final thing uh, before we go in this segment of today's show is on the NCAA men's basketball front. Now, the NCAA tournament has been absolutely thrilling. I've enjoyed it. Sarah, as your bracket, I asked Michelle, is your bracket? Oh, no, you didn't. We're going to out Sarah for just a second here. Folks, we have this KSL Bracket Challenge, Bracket Mayhem Challenge we did. DJ didn't do one, and he's like, oh, man. Sarah, well, you had some other things going on, but you did not fill one out as well. So shame on you. I had full intentions of doing so, and by the time I realized time was running out and I did not make it in time. Fair enough. But uh, how have you enjoyed the tournament overall, though? It's been fun. And, yeah, I've been watching... I feel like I, I've been paid to watch more than I normally do. I feel like I watch... Doing the social media you do yeah, for Pac-12. for Pac-12. Yeah. So I watch it occasionally before this year. Mm-hmm. And so this year it's been fun to kind of get a little more involved with it. And yeah, it's my favorite time of like basketball season. Mm-hmm. When I was young, this is what I watched was March Madness. I didn't really watch basketball outside of March Madness. Okay. So it's been fun, and it has not disappointed with how crazy it is. And even, like, women's. Yeah. The women's side has been so insane, and I didn't really watch women's basketball much ever until now. (laughs) So it's it's been fun to watch. Yeah, Stanford, for example, one of the behemoths in women's basketball got knocked out, like, by Ole Miss. It was a major, major upset on Stanford's home court. Yeah. No less. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> I know you were probably doing that for Pac-12. That was that was a stunner to me. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough. They sent me last year to cover the Utah women in the Pac-12 tournament. They went up against that Stanford team, and I was like, oh, my goodness. This Stanford team is unstoppable. They have they have the length, the, the athleticism, the shooting. They've got Tara Vanderveer has got everything she needs at Stanford. And for them to get knocked out in the round of 32 was a surprise. You're right. It's, been, it's truly been the madness it's been on both sides of the brackets. Yeah, I saw it, there was like one bracket out of 20 million that was able to guess the Elite Eight for men's basketball. <laughs> Only one. Well, I can tell you this much. I'm looking at mine right now, and I've got a bunch of red lines through a bunch of my Elite Eight. Yeah. My Final Four is done. I, I had Alabama, Duke, Houston, and Kansas. Two of those didn't make it out of the first weekend. And by the way, yesterday, my national championship teams, Alabama and Houston, both gone. So, yeah. Crazy, crazy times. By the way, did you see on the one side of the bracket here, uh, the national championship game will feature one of this group, San Diego State, Creighton, uh, FAU, or Kansas State. One of those four teams is going to play for a national title next weekend. Yeah, I also saw another stat that said this is the first time since they started doing seeding, Mm -hmm. like in the 70s, I think. 1970s, yeah. And this is the first time a one seed isn't in the Elite Eight. We only got one two seed left. It's Texas. Crazy. Like, Texas has got to be thinking, this is our chance. We're going to do it. We're going to win it all. Because they actually never won a uh, men's basketball title. They got a chance here. But also, if you're San Diego State, if you're Creighton, heck, if you're FAU, you're thinking, guys, we've got a chance. Yeah. 
there's an opportunity. I'm always rooting for the underdogs, so I was rooting for Xavier. They got knocked out. Okay. But I'm, you know, I want an underdog to win. Yeah, so we got Miami, Texas on the other side, and also UConn, Gonzaga. I think a lot of teams, a lot of folks here locally probably have a little, I want to say soft spot, but they're rooting a little bit more for Gonzaga here. We'll see what happens. It should be an interesting run here because you've got a three, a four, a three, a nine, a five, a six, and a five, and a two. Those are your final eight teams on the men's side. Crazy, crazy times. All right. We'll come back on the other side, get some final thoughts as you wrap up this edition of the Saturday show. Uh, you're tuned in to the KSL Sports Zone right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.